Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Hey guys, it's Morgan. Welcome back to the show. Today we're going to go through a bunch of things that have happened over the holiday season that, to be honest, I'm still catching up on. And so what caught my attention was added to today's podcast list, and we're just going to run through them. So that being said, let's get into it. Okay, before the first topic, which has to do with Ron DeSantis, we love him, don't we? Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's just not very absorbent? Well, basically, it's just a towel leaving you out to dry. Oh, my goodness. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels, towels that actually work and dry you. I know. Crazy. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors. And right now, you can get this six-piece towel set for $39.98 with promo code MORGAN. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click the radio listener special my pillow products come with a 10-year warranty 60-day money-back guarantee to receive this amazing offer on the six-piece towel set use promo code morgan at mypillow.com promo code morgan thank you all right first thing that caught my attention we have an update down in florida i'm reading a tweet from the florida standard it says breaking desantis administration warns orlando venue about children at a drag show tonight hmm and this came out December 28th. All right. So in the tweet, there is a picture of the official letter that was sent from Melanie Griffin, who's the Secretary of Business and Professional Regulation. Now, why is Morgan reading us this letter from a government agency? Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? I care because I feel like in this world of complete political rhetoric and I'll talky no action-y, <laughs> I'll talk no action. I don't know why I said that. I'll talk no action. We have very few people actually walking the walk. And at this point, we hear our politicians on the right complain, 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 campaign, campaign, campaign. Those two words rhymed. And we just don't see anything actually happening. And I think we're at a point where it's like, all right, this is like a little too far into this pattern for us to feel okay with it anymore or any sort of hope. So when we see this legitimate list of action items actually be carried out, by an administration at the state level or even local. It'd be nice to see it at federal, but that's very rare. When we see this kind of stuff, we should analyze it. We should look at it. We should give it praise. We should give it the support that it needs. And honestly, just look at it and be like, dang, okay, so let's see how they did it. And that's why I wanted to read it to you. So the letter is addressed to the Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation Incorporated. And it's sent to them. It's sent again from the Secretary of Business and Professional Regulation of Florida. Oh, you do not want to be messing with them. Just as a reminder, you guys, there is a website at the bottom of this letter that says license efficiently, regulate fairly, www.myfloridalicense.com. What does that mean, you guys? Uh Uh-oh, something could be on the line for this Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation. Let's read the letter. It says, Dear the Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation Incorporated, it has come to the department's attention that you have contracted with Big Time Operator LLC, aka Drag Fans, 
to offer the use of your licensed premises to conduct the drag show performance, quote, a drag queen Christmas. The department has reason to believe that this drag show is of a sexual nature, involving the exposure or exhibition of sexual organs, simulated sexual activity, and or the sexualization of children's stories. Because, again, you guys, I know it's hard to believe these days. I know we're all desensitized to it. But these things are bad for children to be around. Oh, my gosh, Morgan, you're talking crazy talk today. Tonight, I'm filming this at 10 at night, you guys. The department has also become aware that drag shows by drag fans have been marketed to and attended by minors, including young children. Oh, boy, this is not something that you want to get in trouble for. But again, we're so desensitized to it that we're kind of forgetting, oh yeah, this is like <laughs> this is like a really big deal. Remember when our country used to love the show to catch a predator and now we have people fighting to be able to expose children to sexual activity on stages? It j- what happened? What happened? I don't know. Okay. Well, things get crazy on the Morgan Zegger show at 10 p.m. What are you going to do? I'm just sitting in my robe by the fireplace. Okay. The letter goes on to say sexually explicit drag show performances constitute public nuisances, lewd activity, and disorderly conduct when minors are in attendance. Thank you very much. The letter didn't say thank you very much. Morgan Zegger said thank you very much. See Hoskins versus Department of Business Regulation Division of Alcoholic Beverages and Tobacco, 592, blah, 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 number, 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 blah, blah, blah. Accordingly, Florida's licensure laws provide strict penalties for licensees who allow minors to attend these drag shows at their licensed premises. Uh-oh. It says C-sections, blah, 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 Florida statutes. These penalties range up to and include revocation of the license pertaining to the licensed premises. In short, if you allow children to attend the drag fans drag show at your facility, You are putting your license in jeopardy, period. (laughs) Again, I'm going to read that sentence. In short, if you allow children to attend the drag fans drag show at your facility, you are putting your license in jeopardy, period. I added the period, you guys. To avoid action being taken against your license, it is your obligation to ensure that minors are prohibited from attending the drag fans' drag show. If minors are allowed to attend this drag show, the department will take any and all actions available to ensure that you do not pose a threat to minors in the future. Sincerely, Melanie S. Griffin, Secretary of Business and Professional Regulation, MyFloridaLicense.com. Well, bam! Well, bam, well, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, this is exciting, you guys. I feel so aggressive tonight. I don't like. I don't like being aggressive. I like being all soft. Okay, but this kind of stuff having to do with kids gets me all feisty. I read that because it's really nice to see a government official, a government representing the state of Florida. Love to see that. Just saying the basics. Hey, listen. If you knowingly allow children into your highly sexual show where they will be sexualized in an illegal manner with adults and a bunch of kids in the crowd, and you know what's going to happen because the show is clear about what they're about to perform. If you allow this in your business, you are going to be punished because it's illegal activity having to do with the sexualization of children. Now, some people look at it and they go, oh my gosh, 
Ron DeSantis and the evil people, the evil conservatives in Florida, are attacking their political opponents. And to that I say this has nothing to do with politics. You should be able to protect children's innocence and stop adults from sexually performing on stage with children in the crowd, okay? That's a basic common thing. I don't care what your politics are, okay? And what side is actually going after, with government power, their own political opponents? It certainly isn't us. Let's move on to the next topic. Number two, TikTok banned on the House of Representatives issued devices because Chinese-owned app is considered now, quote, high risk due to a number of security issues. I'm looking at an article from Daily Mail. Okay, main bullet points says U.S. House of Representatives members and staffers received an email on Tuesday telling them to delete TikTok from all government-owned and managed devices. The removal is because the app is considered high risk due to a number of security issues. The move comes as a $1. trillion omnibus spending bill was passed last week, including provisions to ban TikTok from government devices. So this is pretty standard. We knew this was going to happen based on the passing of the omnibus. Let's get the details. So it says approximately 19 states have at least partially blocked the app from state-managed devices over concerns that the Chinese government could use the app to track Americans and censor content. It says the bill will take effect once President Joe Biden signs the legislation into law. Quote, with the passage of the omnibus that banned TikTok on executive branch devices, the CAO worked with the Committee on House Administration to implement a similar policy for the House, said a spokesman for the chief administrative officer on Tuesday. This is interesting, you guys. It says Senator Marco Rubio, who introduced the bill in the Senate, says that Chinese law requires the app's owner, so TikTok's owner, ByteDance, to hand data over to the Chinese Communist Party. Did you guys know that? In communist China, there's law that you have to, as a Chinese company, hand over data. And so if the Chinese company ByteDance owns TikTok and TikTok has all of our data, do you see how this is a concern? Okay, let's move on. He said, this isn't about creating videos. This is about an app that is collecting data on tens of millions of American children and adults every day. We know it's used to manipulate feeds and influence elections. We know it answers to People's Republic of China. Here's the thing. So, yes, it's dangerous because of the data. Next, it's also dangerous because of the cultural influence it's having on Americans. We've done episodes before on this show, you guys, of how certain content is allowed on TikTok in America, for young children in our country to see and be corrupted by from the inside out, just absolute mind-rotting nonsense and sexualized content as well, which is very disturbing and harmful for young kids, young tweens, young teens to see. But what do they do in China? They make sure that children are not obsessed with their phones. They make sure that if children are on their phones, they're learning skills. They're getting inspired to promote their country's values. All that good stuff that we wish people would learn in America. Of course, not stuff about communist China in a good way, but I wish that young Americans were proud of this country. That would be nice. All right, let's move on. The bill includes several sections that ban operations by any social media company in or under the influence of China and Russia. These include averting the national threat of Internet surveillance, oppressive censorship and influence, and algorithmic learning by the Chinese Communist Party Act. However, the ban on TikTok has been a long-held discussion among government officials. In August 2020, Trump signed an executive order to ban TikTok and the Chinese chat app WeChat in the U.S. The order stated TikTok's data collection threatens to allow the Chinese Communist Party access to Americans' personal and proprietary information. 
President Joe Biden last year revoked executive orders from Trump. Of course he did. And President Biden produced a new executive order that nixed the unimplemented ban on TikTok and called for an evidence-based analysis to address the risks from Internet applications controlled by foreign entities. Thank you, Joe Biden. Why would he do this, you guys? Maybe it's because communist China and Ukraine and who knows who else paid Hunter Biden's son a bunch of money. And then on Hunter Biden's laptop, there was a bunch of proof that Joe Biden got percentages of what his son was being paid. And his incompetent son, who has no life skills and no ability to earn a kind of job like that, that pays so much money on his own, other than being the son of the vice president, now president. Why was he getting paid so much? It None of it really makes sense until you remember, oh, yeah, Because now Joe Biden is our president and he's doing things like this. It's just kind of intentional, you know? Okay, I'm done with this story. Let's move on. TikTok is bad. I can't tell if I'm coming off as angry or slightly funny on this show today. I don't know. But I will say I want to spend more time, maybe on next episode, going over this fascinating thread that I saw comparing China to the Nazis. I sent it to Allie and Allie is very hard to impress because she's a very smart woman. And she knows most of the stuff that I sent her already. But I sent her a thread and it actually made her text me separately from the work conversation and say, oh my gosh, this thread that you just sent on the Nazis and communist China. And I said, I know, Allie, I know. Um, But basically it went through the steps in terms of how Nazi Germany built itself up over so many years and what it was able to do, why it was able to accomplish so many things, bad things, of course. And then it compared that now to the very similar steps that communist China is taking. It's almost like communist China took the Nazi rule book and said, oh, well, that actually was pretty successful for the Nazis. I mean, it definitely got them somewhere. Let's see what we can do now in modern times. And the answer is scary things. Okay, so so maybe we'll go over that thread next time. Let's see what the next story is. Oh, oh, you guys, you know how I have my audio board. I'm, I'm at my my family's house in upstate New York still. Because my dad has cancer, so if you could pray for us, that'd be very nice. I would really appreciate it. Seriously, I do believe in the power of prayer, so I would appreciate any help. Um, But I'm still here. That's why I'm by the beautiful fireplace. I'm not in Texas. I'm really enjoying the time with family. But it means that I don't have my audio board. And on my audio board, I have that button. I have multiple buttons. One of them is, I kill communists for fun, but for a green card, I'm going to carve it up real nice from Scarface. And then I have AOC saying, It's not about being factually correct. It's about being morally right. And then I have the founder of Black Lives Matter saying, we are trained Marxists. I have all these really fascinating buttons, but I have some from this lovely woman named Dr. Wen. Dr. Leanna Wen. So Dr. Wen, if you guys remember, she was the one who was like, if nobody wants to get vaccinated, then what is the carrot going to be? What is the carrot going to be? If we let everybody just roam around unvaccinated, what's the carrot going to be? And she just said some of the nastiest stuff, nastiest propaganda in favor of the fear-mongering pandemic narrative that I heard over the last few years. And I have been watching this lady. But again, Liana Wen. So I see this tweet and I'm just tickled pink to see what she is now saying, because she is all over my audio board buttons. I'm going to play them when I'm back there. Who knows when? But I see this tweet, and it says, Dr. Leanna Wen now admits that the pandemic of the unvaccinated was a total lie. Her quote is, the CDC 
has now determined that vaccinated people who never had COVID were at least three times as likely to be infected as unvaccinated people with prior infection. Let's hear her say it herself. This is a, a clip from the Tucker episode. Leanna Wen, formerly of abortion giant Planned Parenthood, now of CNN. We have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status, because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. So the unvaccinated might be, quote, enjoying freedoms, fretted Leanna Wen. And everyone knows that under the U.S. Constitution, that's not allowed. Scurry back to your hovel, Kulak. No freedoms for you. The gruel is ladled at four. Slurp it with gratitude. <laughs> oh, what a difference a year makes. Now we know that everything Leanna Wen told us on CNN was a lie. And we know that for certain because, amazingly, Leanna Wen just admitted it. This week, when acknowledged that actually this is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's the opposite. The CDC, she said, has now determined that, quote, vaccinated people who never had COVID were at least three times as likely to be infected as unvaccinated people with a prior infection. And a Lancet study, continuing the quote, found that those who were vaccinated but never had COVID were four times as likely to have a severe illness resulting in hospitalization or death compared to the unvaccinated who recovered from it. (laughs) I mean, what? So the vaccinated are four times as likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID. Four times. So it turns out that none of your vax propaganda was true, to put it mildly. It was all a lie. The question is, can can we get our lives back now? How about our economy, our jobs? When's the part when you break down in racking sobs of contrition and beg forgiveness for misleading the entire country in matters of life and death and hurting people? We look forward to that part, though obviously we're not holding our breath. Fascinating, right? I mean, that's what I love about modern technology. I will say I have my complaints about it. Who knows what kind of negative health impacts it's having on us, not just physically, but mentally. I guess we'll find out over time because we're literally the experiment, but I digress Let's move on to another thing. I saw another clip. Again, you guys recap. This episode is just things that caught my attention as I'm trying to catch back up during the holiday season because I totally checked out. I saw this clip going around and it's from 2012 of Donald Trump and the tweet caption of it was the birth of candidate Trump. And I just thought it was fascinating. Let's hear it. You know, the other thing about Libya that really bothers me, because we get back again, it always gets back to China, because while we're spending billions of dollars being policemen of the world, China is spending billions of dollars a day buying the world and calling us stupid. And we have the president of China come a few months ago to Washington, and we give him a state dinner. Now, when people are screwing you, you don't give them state dinners. I said, no, no, we're not giving dinners. What we do is we sit down in my office for a couple of hours. We either make a deal where you stop manipulating your currency or not. If we make a deal, you can have a state dinner if you want. If you don't make a deal, you take McDonald's and you go home. That's it. That's it. You're going to be paying 5 and $6 a gallon for gasoline pretty soon. And they want, to, they want to go in and raise the price of oil because we have nobody in Washington that sits back and said, you're not going to raise that price. You understand me? 
Now, next up, this one might be one of my favorite videos. We have another Tucker segment. Sorry, you guys, I do have some favorites, and one of them is Tucker Carlson. But a fascinating back and forth between Tucker Carlson and the guest on his show, Governor Greg Abbott, about the border. I think we need to do what Tucker's doing here and hold politicians that have the power to do a lot of stuff accountable. Before I show you the clip, you got to understand we are a system of federalism. Technically, there are limitations between state power, federal power, and so on. But here's the thing. There's also this this Supreme Court decision that basically says states cannot come up with their own immigration policy when it has to do with things like the border. Okay, that's it's a federal, it's a national border of the United States. And so you can't come up with your immigration policy as your own sovereign state. Here's the thing. What do you do in a situation? And I wonder what this would be if it was, you know, re-explored by the Supreme Court. What happens if the federal government is not doing their duty? What if they're doing dereliction of duty in a situation as serious as this? Can the states just say, screw it? No matter what, even if the state wasn't technically legally doing the official term of dereliction of duty, what if the state wanted to be like, you know what, screw it. We're saying it's a crisis. We're going to do whatever we can. And we'll fix this in court later, but we need to care about the serious problem facing us right now. And I get it, you know, and this is the thing. On Freedom Papers with Turning Point, Connor Clegg and I would get a little radical and you'd be like, screw it, let's do it. But I get it. Okay, there's a lot of problems. And then you set the precedent for the leftists to also just neglect things when they want to have their own policy wins. I would say this is different. It's an invasion. That being said, just wanted to make it clear. I know that Greg Abbott can't like legally right now be like, yes, gung ho. We're just going to forget all of the limitations that Texas has as a state within the union. We're just going to take over. I get it, okay? But I just want to play this to you because I think there's still more that could be done. You know what I'm saying? And I will also say this. I don't think it's very smart in the long run to keep bussing migrants into the country. I know that there's a big mess right there, but there's just something weird about it where it's like, I get that it makes the initial impact that we want to have it it gives that shock and awe it brings attention to the issue for sure but i hope that our our plan as conservatives isn't to take a bunch of illegals and just drop them off in buses throughout the country deeper into the country where they can never be returned does that make sense okay here's a video again we we've deployed up to ten thousand of them uh, the only reason why it would not be more you got to understand this also uh, and that is, there are some who retire every single month. Uh, some who are no, I, uh, I get it. But, but the, why not? Why not, why not just say I'm the governor of Texas? More every single we're month. We're the greatest state in America. Every Texan I know, including relatives of mine, they all think Texas is the best. You're the governor. Why don't you just say any person with military and law enforcement experience can join up? We are starting our own force. It's volunteer, or just go to Midland, Dallas, and Houston and get your donors to fund it. They would. I'd send you money. Everyone send you money. And we're going to stop this on behalf of the state of Texas and the United States. You could do that. Biden people would back down in the face of that determination. Why not? Uh, Tucker, actually, we, we onboard uh, new members every single month. We, we do go through both that recruiting process as well as people signing up. They onboard. They go through the training process. They get ready for deployment. And then we deploy them. So we are constantly involved. Uh, in adding to uh, those who can serve us on the border. And they get special training that is different what they have to do in the state of Texas compared to what they may do in Afghanistan. Do you see this as a hair-on-fire emergency that's more important than anything they would have done in Afghanistan or Ukraine or any other country around the world? Do you think this is the most important thing 
those guys should be could so, be doing? Tucker, I have made that point to the United States Congress, uh, asking for more resources so that we can better defend our border, knowing that the federal government is not defending our border. The only people capable of doing it uh, would be Texas. And what is Texas getting? Nothing from the but federal government. But people would send you, people would to, send to you Asia, money. If you Texas. started up a voluntary fund, send Greg Abbott money, people would put you in their wills. I mean, you'd probably be president of the United States if you did that. I'm serious. If you took control and closed the border, which you can do, you would be a folk hero sung about by future generations around the campfire. I, I, I just think it's that simple. Texas, once again, takes a stand against an invasion. It's not the first time you've done it. So, Tucker, let Okay, and next, you guys, we have this weird situation. We're going to talk about lying really quick with politicians and the political industry. I think it is so, so strange. One of my favorite, you know, I let's start with the core lesson. Politicians can't trust them. People in the political industry can't trust them. The people on social media and whatever, honestly, guys, just don't put them on pedestals. Nothing is ever real life. That's just something that I've learned. It's like, you know what? If you don't allow yourself to take it so personally, if you just don't invest too much in it, you'll be fine. But if you idolize people that you've never met and influencers, politicians, celebrities, all these things, then you're going to be like really let down when it finds out when you find out what their life is actually like. For example, I love George Jones. Love him. He sings the song. I'm a one woman man. He sings same old me. Those are two of my favorite songs. He married Tammy Wynette, who sang a bunch of my other favorite classic country songs. I'm watching George and Tammy on the TV and I'm seeing, wait a second, he was like a drunken buffoon who did really, really bad things to Tammy and caused a lot of misery. But he sang, I'm a one, one woman, one woman man. What? You know, it's like, okay, that's just a little example for me. But politicians. There's just something weird about somebody that wants that kind of power. You know what I mean? Like I am friends with some of them. Don't get me wrong. They're great people, but it's just, it requires a certain kind of personality, a certain list of character traits to want to be in the public eye in such an aggressive way. I wish I wasn't at all. I like highly regret it. I gotta be honest. I don't even have a big public following or anything. And I'm already like, eh, I actually wish that I didn't. I just want to retreat, retreat, retreat. And then just have positive impact in my little country area, right? So that's kind of in my head. And I look at people that are like, you enjoy this? You enjoy more of that? You you think that this would be an amazing life for you is like just going to cocktail reception after cocktail reception, speech after speech, all this kind of stuff. And I just see it, it's like the political industry. It's it's not like people say, like George Washington, geez, I see a, a an amazing fight ahead and I want to join into it and I want to give these years of my life, my best years of my life, dedicated to service to country, service to freedom. I'm going to sacrifice time with my wife and children on my farm like George Washington did and go to the Capitol to lead via policy because I believe in this nation. Do you think many people actually have that vibe or are they just really caught up in what it means to be a modern politician? And they're like, man, that looks fun. That looks exciting. I want that kind of power. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to get that blue checkmark on Instagram because now if you're a political candidate, you get a blue checkmark on Instagram, you know, and I'm not saying it's everybody, but let's be honest. It's a very small amount of people that are actually good hearted and like rooted in service to others. And we see we've seen a few of them actually winning, which is kind of exciting. 
That being said, we have this story right now, George Santos. He just won as a Republican and he's going to be a congressman soon and get sworn in soon. That being said, he basically just got exposed for lying about his entire resume. Like he didn't graduate from the school he says he graduated from. He called himself an American Jew and he's he's apparently not Jewish. He's Catholic. And now he's saying, well, I'm Jewish and hasn't really explained that any further. He said that he worked at these really big fancy companies and made it seem like he had all this experience that he was going to bring into his his new leadership role as a congressman. But it turns out that he didn't work at those companies. They have no record of him. (laughs) So it's like the information he told these like stories about his family, like becoming refugees from the Holocaust or, or from World War II and then coming and going to South America. Like there's no record of any of it. And he just got exposed for basically making it all up. And I am giving that synopsis because there is there's a ton of information if you want to go read it. I don't want to consume myself with that kind of negativity so much. So I just was like, whoa. That being said, let's look at Tulsi because Tulsi guest hosted on Fox News, Gabbard. And this guy came on and he's handling the reaction and the cleanup of this mess horribly. First of all, he's attacking the press and just carrying out classic conservative talking points. I'm not saying those talking points are bad but they definitely don't fit this narrative. He's literally just being like, so other people have lied. I'm a flawed individual. That doesn't mean I'm going to step down and not be a politician. Instead, he's literally just saying, okay, well, Joe Biden lied. So it's like, okay, well, maybe people elected you and are putting more people in office that are different from Joe Biden because we don't like Joe Biden. We don't like such a liar. Have you ever thought of that? But either way, Here he is getting interviewed by Tulsi, and he's just so bad at the response to this. Oh, my goodness. Here it is. The thing is, Congressman-elect, integrity means, yes, carrying yourself with honor, but it means it means telling the truth, being a person of integrity. And if I were one of those in New York's third district right now, now that the election is over and I'm finding out all of these lies that you've told, not just one little lie or one little embellishment, these are blatant lies. My question is, do you have no shame? Do you have no shame in the people who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington? Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. He's the president of the United States. Democrats resoundly support him. Do they have no shame? This, Look, this I've is, made this very this clear. Is not, this I is made, not about the Democratic Party, though. This is about your relationship, no, frankly, with the people who've entrusted you to go and, and fight for them. And I think one of the questions that, that really probably hits home to a lot of people is, is are you Jewish? We've, we've got a letter that your campaign sent out earlier this year, which reads as follows. As a proud American Jew, I've been to Israel numerous times for educational, business, and leisurely trips. You said there in that letter that you are, quote, a proud American Jew. How do you, how do you explain that? My heritage is Jewish. I've always identified as Jewish. I was raised a practicing Catholic. I think I've gone through this. Even I've not not being raised a practicing Jew, I've always joked with friends and circles, even with in the campaign, I'd say, guys, I'm Jew-ish. Remember, I was raised Catholic. So, look, I understand everybody wants to nitpick at me. I, I'm going to reassure this once and for all. I'm not a facade. I'm not a persona. 
I, I have an extensive career that I worked really hard to achieve. And I'm going to deliver from my experience because I remain committed in delivering results for the American people. I campaigned on inflation. I campaigned on crime. I campaigned on education. I campaigned on delivering resolve for the American people. That's what the people of the 3rd Congressional District heard me on and on as I campaigned. Now it's going to be up, uh, incumbent upon me to deliver on those results. And I look forward to service, you're, you're servicing exactly and, right. and serving my, pe- my district. I look forward to serving the, my people results, and my district to make the sure that they see that, that this is what... Looking for. The results that people are looking yeah, well, for I, are called into question when you tell blatant lies, not embellishments. And this is this is, I think, one of the biggest concerns, Congressman-elect, is that you don't really seem to be taking this seriously. Now, that being said, this is the thing. Some conservatives and people on the right and Republicans, because they're different from conservatives, they're like, well, it's it's just politics these days. OK, Ilhan Omar lies. Joe Biden lies, Elizabeth Warren lied, XYZ, Hillary Clinton lied. They just are are naming all these lies. And it's like, okay, um, I think we're getting a little confused here about what our goals are as a movement, as a nation, as a party. Can we just maybe say that it would be nice, even if the other side lied, even if everybody lies, maybe it'd be nice to not have people in our changed movement, in our movement to save the republic, right? Because I thought that's what we're doing. Are, are, we, are we in the culture wars or not? Are we in the culture wars or not? Should these people represent the culture war or what? It'd be nice if we could have some honest, well-intentioned humans step up to the plate, win the gosh darn primary, and then win the general election. And then we don't have to put ourselves in these positions. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be nice? But instead, some people are just saying, well, the left lies all the time. It's like, all right, well, yeah, they lie all the time and we have a problem with it. So maybe we should be able to say, hey, this guy is kind of ridiculous for just lying to get elected. And now we have to deal with him because he's a member of our party. What should we do? That being said, it did kick up a bunch of interesting videos. And my dad was watching this. I wanted to show it to you guys. It's a, a compilation of a bunch of Joe Biden lies throughout his time. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Biden has run for president multiple times in the past. Like, and I'm talking 1988, Joe Biden ran for president. And what did Joe Biden have to do when he was first trying to run for president, you guys? He got busted for plagiarism. He got busted for stealing people's information and basically their their speeches word for word. And he was so ashamed. And it was such a big moment of drama in our country because back then we we held people accountable for doing this kind of stuff. Now it's just like, oh, well, they lie too. So why, should we, why shouldn't we be able to lie? Either way, Joe Biden was put into such shame for being exposed for these lies that I'll show you in a second that he stepped out of the race. Okay, it was enough to pull a candidate out of the race. Nowadays, they're like, what? This is a conspiracy theory. And everybody lies, so I should be able to too. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and life as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Janice the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? To be able to get the university. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform 
upon which they could stand. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. The problem here is that Senator Biden told his audience he'd just been thinking about these things, and he failed to give any credit at all to his famous British speechwriter. You know, I was thinking on the way over here. <laughs> now, that's a little too much, because as you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, the rap on Biden has always been that it's just a surface. I should have said, to paraphrase Neil Kinnock, the only time I didn't in all the times I've ever used it. But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play. For the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. He said it was a mistake, but that it was unintentional. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. He was given an F. So ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. To the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump. The great communicator, strike that. The great imitator. You don't steal verbatim, uh, or when you do, as he did 99% of the time, you give credit. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, it's a form of false advertising. Is it a wise idea, though, to take something that personal, anyway, from another politician and try and appropriate it to your own campaign? I think it was a stupid thing to uh, appropriate uh, material that was really very personal that was someone else's. Most people didn't know who he was, you know, Joe Biden, Biden and now they're going to say, oh yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. That's a lot their of people. First Politically, that's devastating. These clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. If they're going to do things that are stupid as well as immoral, then they're probably too dumb to have the job of president. Voters are going to have to decide whether he was dishonest or dumb. Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from with taped remarks of, of Biden States. during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? It's in terminal condition. Terminal? 
Eleanor. Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. <laughs> Morton. Dying. I say dead. We'll be right back. And sorry to end on a bad note, you guys. I feel kind of negative today going through these things, but that's just what's been in the news. And I just wanted to kind of keep you updated because I think it's crazy and I can't believe I'm seeing people just saying, well, everybody lies. So let's just move on. okay?" it's like, oh, well, maybe we could just have a conversation on where we would like to go as a movement, though. Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. I don't know. But I just I'll tell you this right now. I am imagining myself not giving crap about this stuff. And I have a cute little ballerina farm apron on. And I'm putting eggs from my chicken coop into the pockets of my apron. And then I'm going to take them in to my kitchen and make a yummy breakfast with my kitties that don't exist yet. All right. With that being said, it's the stuff that matters. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.